High Cold Springs Church. This is Pastor David here, and so glad that you've joined us again today um, to be able to worship together, to grow and, and learn um, from God's Word together. Would you take a moment and would you pray with me uh, before we open up our Bibles today? Jesus, I thank you for this day that you have given us. Your word reminds us that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I pray that we would be able to recognize and see your faithfulness in our lives. I thank you for your grace and your mercies that you pour out upon Cold Springs Church, upon us as we are gathered together and as we are scattered um, around our community and around the state, the nation, the world. I thank you for the opportunity we have right now to take time to center ourselves, to hear from you, to take time and set it aside to really focus on what it is that your spirit wants to teach us, how you want to invite us into a deeper life with you. Jesus, um, speak to our hearts today. Help us to have the attentive minds and spirits. Help us to have the calmness of thinking, the calmness of our body, that we would be able to engage fully with you in this time. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Before we open up our Bible, I do want to remind you at the end of our um, teaching time, we're going to be having uh, a communion time. And so if you would take a moment to gather a piece of bread, um, as a cup of juice or something to drink, because uh, I'll be leading us in the celebration of communion at the end of our, um, in, end of our teaching time today as we conclude our service. You know, this last year has been a time of an extraordinary challenge for people in so many different ways. And everybody has sort of a bit of their unique story of how um, this unique time in our history has impacted them, has impacted their relationships, has um, gone and, and um affected so many various parts of our lives. And you know, part of the, the part of the joy of being here today is just sort of this idea of, well, I'm still standing. Uh, I'm still um, you know, here, I'm still established. And when we began this series of unshakable, of looking at the words of Jesus of sort of this longest body of teaching of Matthew five through seven, I went to the end of the, his teaching, the passage actually that we're going to look at again today, and I started with this idea of still standing, that, you know, there's all kinds of challenges, there's all kinds of difficulties that we can face in our life, and this was before all of these things happened really within COVID, and, and saying, hey, how do we have an unshakable life? How do we have, how do we um, still stand in the midst of the storms and the challenges that we face. 
And we see from this passage we're going to be looking at today that it's all about your foundation. It's all about the surface that you are finding yourself on. Now, last week, uh, I had a great opportunity to go away um, uh, to have some time of refreshing and renewal. Uh, the week before, I was at, um, at breakfast with a friend of mine, and I was talking about just how things were going. And I really recognized that conversation. I was like, man, I need, I need a break. I need to get away for a little bit of time. And so I said, I need to get out of my motorcycle and go for a ride. So I reached out to a friend of mine, uh, Monty, and said, hey, let's, uh, I'm going to go away. Do you want to come with me? And he's like, yeah. And so for four days, we went away from Wednesday through Saturday on this motorcycle ride. And it was 770, let's see, make sure I get it right, 779 miles, basically of curvy roads. Um, so we went up to, uh, through Woodland and then up uh, through the foothills and, and to Clear Lake. Uh, all the way up to Gerberville and then along the Lost Coast up to Eureka and then back around down to uh, back along the coast of Fort Bragg and Mendocino uh, down to Santa Rosa and then through all of the burn that happened this last year of um, through the, the foothills there to Willows and then finally back home. 772 uh, or nine miles of curvy roads. And, and within those, all of those uh, riding, it was just fantastic. It was beautiful weather uh, for the most part. But there were all kinds of road conditions. And there was, the, there was wind that was happening as we were going um, through the valley there by the airport that were, you're actually having to lean sideways so the wind didn't blow you over. Then we're going up, and you have the curvy roads, and there's potholes that are along there. And then we went along the Lost Coast, and there's these switchbacks, and occasionally the road had been washed out. So all of a sudden, you're going from asphalt to, to sand to dirt to, to gravel, and you're having to be really careful because uh, on a motorcycle, you know, loose uh, footing is not a good place to be, particularly if you're going fast into a curve. And at one point, there was rain, so we had to uh, go through through some rain, all of these different conditions that we were going through, and it was fantastic. But I have to be honest with you, those changing, some of those changing road conditions, particularly one area we're going through is all asphalt, but um, obviously at some point they'd sanded the road because of, of ice or snow that had been in the area. And so as you're going around these curves, there's these little pebbles of, of gravel that you're going on. And again, you don't want to be in gravel on, on two wheels because your wheels are going to go out from underneath you really quickly. It's, it's like being on ball bearings. And so at times there was this, this stress and there was care because the surface that we were on uh, could compromise us and could um, cause you know, an accident of that type of thing. And it sort of made me think about, you know, what was my first motorcycle accident? See, my dad started me in mo riding motorcycles uh, when I was a kid. And my first motorcycle, I remember when he brought it home, and was a Honda 70. It was a little blue thing. Uh, it was an automatic, so you didn't have to do the clutch and have to coordinate everything. Uh, it was this cool little thing. And we would go up behind our house. We lived in this little town in eastern Oregon where we could go on dirt roads right behind our house. And I remember going up um, on a ride with my dad and we're coming back down the road. It's, it's a, sort of this um, gentle uh, downslope 
but there in the middle of the road is a big giant snake. And I slammed on the front brakes, of which um, is not the best thing to do. And I actually went over the handlebars uh, sort of onto the snake that was in the middle of the road. I remember that accident still very much to this day. And then I got thinking about, well, what was my last accident? Uh, And that was actually within the last couple of months. I was out riding with one of my sons, Noah, and we were up in the foothills and we were on dirt roads. And I went through this mud puddle. Um, and unfortunately, the mud uh, kicked my back tire out and I went down. Now, the challenge was is that a Honda 70 probably weighs less, you know, probably about, what, 80 pounds or something like that. A BMW 1150GS weighs about 500 pounds. And so to get the motorcycle up when you went down, that was a little bit more of a challenge. Now, here's the thing is, is that I love, you know, that ride that I took, you know, the, during those four days. I've loved the, the times that I'm on the motorcycle. It's an adventure for me. There's um, just a, a joy and a freedom that comes from that. But here's the thing is that living a life of adventure, you don't have to be a fool to live in adventure. You don't have to be a fool. Let me, um, let me read to you from, from the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is a, is a book of wisdom and uh, sort of the general idea of the book of Proverbs is, is it's a father writing to a son to give him some advice. And in Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, this is what it says. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And then down in verses 32 and 33, It says, for simpletons turn away from me to death, away from wisdom to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency, but all who listen to me, all who listen to wisdom, will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. And really, as we've been looking at these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, we've been looking at the wisdom of Jesus, the wisdom of God. And how do we live our lives? How do we have an understanding of view of ourselves and the world that we live in and that we live in such a way that we live with wisdom? That when we do live with wisdom, that that's the foundation of true knowledge and that when we do live with wisdom, that we will live in peace untroubled by fear of, of harm. And I sort of asked this question when we began that series of what if there was a way for you to live, for me to live, for us to live, where we (coughs) would be guaranteed to be still standing? That no matter what life threw at us, because here's here's the thing, is that there's no promise that if we follow Jesus, that there is going to, everything's going to be easy and everything's going to be simple and all of our troubles and all of our challenges are suddenly going to be torn, you know, taken away from us. That's, that's not what Jesus said. But what Jesus said was, is that in the life that we live, in the challenges and the things that we face, that he's going to be with us and that there's a way to live where we will remain standing, we will still be standing. And even if you believe that you control your destiny, even if you're like, I'm a pull myself up by my bootstraps sort of person, you're still going to struggle. 
you're still going to face challenges. You're still going to face difficulties because we happen to the world. I mean, our lives interact and intersect with the world around us. And a lot of times and sometimes it's, it's just not pretty. It's not nice. And then the other thing is, is that the world happens to us, that there's stuff that just happens. There's things that take place. I mean, this last year is a perfect example of it where there's a lot of things that seem to be out of our control. And, and I see a lot of people's responses of trying to regain control of situations and, and things where their control has been taken away from them. And, and there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of grief within that. You know, that... This is, a, this is the challenge that we face is that we happen to the world, the world happen to, happens to us. How do we remain standing? There are challenges, there are struggles that, that we can face within that. You know, blessing, even if we walk faithfully with Jesus, even if we are in the midst of, of a faithful relationship where we're connected deeply in our disciplines and our practices of being in community with other people, of, of, of reading God's word, of being in prayer, all those things, that doesn't mean that we don't face the challenges and the struggles of life. And so let's look again at the words of Jesus. And what does Jesus tell us? What is... What do we need to be reminded about of the kind of life and the way that we need to be looking at life in order to have this unshakable life? Before we look at that passage in Matthew chapter 7, I want to look at another passage in Luke chapter 10 where these foundational words of Jesus where he gives the great commandment um, of, of the kind of life that we are to live. In Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. Let me turn to there in my Bible. Luke chapter 10, in verse 25 through 28. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. In all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 28, Jesus says, Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. And, and so the essence of what Jesus is teaching, of which we've heard, if you've been around church, if you've been around the community of faith, been around scripture, been around the words of Jesus, you've heard this before. Love the Lord your God with everything you have within, it, within you, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and we can sort of think of, of love as this attitude or this, this disposition that we have. But Jesus makes it clear where he says, do this and you will live. Love is not a feeling or a philosophy it is action. It is a, a lifestyle. It is the thing that we do, is what Jesus said. So what does it mean to do loving God? What does it mean to do loving your neighbor as yourself? 
in that Matthew chapter five through seven was really centered around what does it mean to live out this great commandment? What does it look like to be a kingdom of God person? And then Jesus ends up his teaching in Matthew seven. Matthew seven, verse 24 through 29. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Quite unlike their teachers of religious law. See, Jesus, as he shares these words, as he speaks these words, as he concludes this this body of teaching, he's talking to us about the unshakable life. And one of the things that we kept coming back to over the series of that message are these words of surrender and follow and listen and do. That if you want to live the unshakable life that is about surrender Follow, listen, and do. In, in, in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 37, Jesus says uh, some of his more challenging words. I mean, we looked at a number of these passages uh, over these last uh, number of months as we were going through the series. Well, let me read to you Mark chapter 8, 34 through 37. It says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? You know, as Jesus says these words, it, it, it brings up the question for me, and it brings up the question, I think, for, for each of us, and it is this, is what is it that you are holding on to that's getting in the way of you following Jesus? What... What story are you telling yourself? What attitude do you have? What unforgiveness, what what hurt are you holding to in your heart that is, is getting in the way of you being able to surrender that so that you can follow Jesus? What fear is there that you are wrestling with? You know, what is it that you are afraid that Jesus might ask you to do that you're like, man, you know what? I'm not gonna go, I can't go all the way there following Jesus. I can't surrender that because there's the chance that Jesus is gonna tell me to 
love this person or to forgive this person or to go to this place or to do this thing. And, and that fear is the thing that is holding you and keeping you from surrendering. What is it that you are pursuing? What is it that, that is, if, if I were to look at your time where you spend your energy, where you spend your focus, what is it that I would see or somebody close to you that would see is the thing that you love the most? What is it that you're pursuing? And because of that pursuit, there's this, there's this inability to, to pursue Jesus. And what Jesus says in, in Mark 8, 34 through 37, in this idea of you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Give up your own way. What is your way? Must take up your cross. What is it that has to die? That, that, that's an uncomfortable thing. That's an uncomfortable thought, isn't it? What is it that has to die? And what will it take to follow Jesus? There's a lot of questions. Here's the thing that, that I would most want you to know and to understand is, is that we surrender to Jesus our life because we believe, we choose to believe, maybe we don't feel it at the moment, but we believe that we are the beloved of God. That there is a love that God has for you that is deeper and greater and wider and more encompassing than anything else. And this love that God has for you is not something that you can earn, not something that you can pay him back. It is the grace and mercy of God poured out upon you. And there's, there's a willingness to accept that love and because of that love of our heavenly father, we surrender. We surrender to that love. We surrender to being the beloved of God. If, if you want an unshakable life, then you have to surrender. It comes through surrender. If you want an unshakable life, then you also have to follow. Now, here's the thing is you can't follow Jesus without surrendering, right? You can't uh, be going along the way and uh, be backseat driving or passenger seat driving with Jesus. Like, Jesus, slow down. Jesus, speed up. Jesus, go right. Jesus, go left. Jesus, you're going the wrong way. Jesus, 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 this, that, 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 everything. Now, some of you have, you know, a real life experience of that, maybe a spouse or maybe, you know, I remember, uh, you know, teaching the kids to drive and, and, um, and then once they sort of started getting their permit of how 
much of an expert driver they became when I was driving, right? They're telling me, you know, you're going too fast. You need to turn your signal on. You need to turn your signal off. You need to do all this. I'm like, would you guys just shut up? I'm, I'm the driver here. You're not the driver. Now, I think Jesus is too gentle, too, too nice to tell you just to shut up that he's the driver, but you know what? I'm not. So he, <laughs> that might be a word for you, right? Follow Jesus. You can't Follow Jesus without surrendering control and letting him lead the way, determine the way. You know, a follower of Jesus follows Jesus. A follower of Jesus follows Jesus. Where he is going, you go with him. And, and you stop trying to take the steering wheel. Stop trying to grab control of the direction you know, the call stories of, of Jesus, uh, of the, this, this call to follow him, there's a number of those stories that are captured in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And there's, they're actually quite simple. And there's this sort of common element that happens within them, that Jesus encounters someone in the midst of their normal life. Jesus encounters someone in the midst of life as they are just living it. That he comes upon them and he engages with them right where they are. So he comes along the, the fishermen and, and he speaks in fisherman language and he says, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He comes along, a tax collector, Matthew, tax, the tax collector, he's sitting there and he's um, stealing money from people and, and, and doing the thing that tax collectors did because they were one of the most hated people uh, that were around. And he says, come and, and follow me. You know, we don't know all the story of um, Simon the Zealot, uh, but we know that Simon is referred to as the Zealot which in the day was Simon the insurrectionist or Simon the terrorist, uh, that there was this whole Jewish movement to overthrow the, the Roman government and by any means necessary. And Simon was one of those guys. Simon was like, you know what? Kill them all, take them out. And Jesus met Simon where he was at and said, come follow me. There are business people and I think, you know, probably... I'm imagining that Judas, in some way, was a business person. Uh, he was the one who was given uh, charge of the money, so they weren't going to give it to Matthew, the tax collector, because he was a notorious thief. Um, but so, but they gave it to, to Judas. Apparently, Judas was a, not, uh, a non-notorious thief because he did say that he would steal money on a regular basis. But he was probably some sort of businessman. Jesus met Judas where he was at and there was mothers and sisters and fathers and sons and daughters um, that all of them he met them where they were at and every one of them he gave the same invitation the same challenge the same command follow me and that's the thing about your life and my life is, is that Jesus will meet us where we are and he will say follow me Again, the book of, uh, of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, chapter three, verses five through eight, 
says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Don't be impressed with your own understanding or wisdom, it continues. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. It's this idea of following, of following Jesus. Surrender, follow, and listen. Listen. And again, it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg um, sort of thing. You can't listen without following, and you can't follow Jesus without listening to him. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all record this, the story of God speaking to the disciples with an, a simple instruction, saying, listen, listen. And the story that, that is, is captured around is, is the transfiguration where a small group of disciples that Jesus takes aside and they go up onto a mountain and, and uh, this cloud comes down over them and, uh, and there's this amazing experience that, that everybody has. Elijah shows up, Moses shows up uh, in, in the midst of this cloud and then God speaks in the midst of that and says... The, um, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Listen to him. I think that one of the greatest challenges that we can have is just simply sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he has to say. That we would have the openness of heart and mind to hear the words of Jesus. That's why we took, you know, such sort of this deliberate pace of going through the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, in order that we might be able to slow down and listen to Jesus, to listen to him. And then lastly, so we surrender, we follow, we listen. Jesus makes it clear, this is that we have to do. We have to do. Who we are, our being, flows from our doing. If we are seeking to be a follower of Jesus, it will be reflected in the doing of our life of following Jesus. Our doing reveals who we are. It reveals our being. Our doing is a reflection of our values, of the things that we hold most important in our life. In Matthew 7, 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine, listen, and does them do will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who built his house on the rock. And here's the thing is, is that what, what Jesus is saying is, is that you know, it, it seems like the surfaces of life that we are traversing are, are constantly changing. Sort of like that motorcycle ride that I took. You know, over 779 miles, all kinds of different conditions, all kinds of different places. But here's the thing that Jesus tells us, that we're, you're going to traverse that life and it's gonna seem like there's all kinds of road conditions, but here's the reality if you are 
surrendering and following and listening and doing the life of Jesus, then your life is unshakable. That your life is built on the rock and that is immovable. That there's nothing that can come up against that foundation that will knock you down. That doesn't mean you're not going to be buffeted, but you will still be standing. Jesus went outside of his home in Capernaum and he went up on a hillside and all these people gathered to listen to the words that he had to say. And in this passage that we've been looking at from Matthew 5 through 7, the essence of Jesus' teaching is shared with us the essence of being a follower of Jesus and the essence of being a kingdom of God person. And we started at the end and we come back here to the end because we wanted to have that understanding and we want to have that understanding that we can listen all we want, but it's the listening that moves itself into our doing that becomes who we are that reflects the surrender and and the fact that we're following Jesus, that Jesus' words are what we are to do. And in doing them, we prove what we know. That knowing is, is, is expressed in the way that we live our life. And so for you, as we come to the end of the series, as we come and, and you've heard these words, surrender, follow, listen, do, each week as you've been invited, what is it? What's your next step? What is Jesus inviting you to? What is the, the fear that, that you are, are needing to release and to surrender to Jesus in order to be able to go and to take that next step in your spiritual life? And sometimes, you gotta be honest, you know, sometimes we just need somebody to walk that through or talk that through with. You know, that's why we, we really encourage people to be engaged in life groups because within that context, but you know, we have a number of people here within our team, our ministry team, that are just, that love to sit down and to talk about what your next step is. And to listen and to, to help you to explore and to understand and to, to walk beside as you seek to have the courage to take that step in your life. We want to do that with you. And so if you would like to talk to somebody about what your next step is, is is that you can email us at um, info at coldspringschurch.net and info at coldspringschurch.net and um, we'll get right back to you and we'll set up a a time in in a way that we can connect because we want to help you to take that next step in your life. I hope that as you continue to surrender and follow and listen and do, the, the, the things that, that, that's an ongoing you know, activity in our, our walk and our relationship with God. I hope that you'll continue to keep those four words in mind that you'll use them to guide you and to ask those questions uh, that you can ask yourself of, Jesus, what do I need to surrender? Where do I need to follow you? What is it that I need to listen to that you are saying? And what do I need to do to walk in the grace and the mercy that you offer? Would you pray with me?
Jesus, thank you that you, uh, um, just like you, you did when you were walking here on this earth with that, those disciples over 2,000 years ago, that you still meet us where we are in our ordinary life. You still give us the command. You still give us the encouragement. You still give us the invitation to follow you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to follow you, to help us to see the places that you want to lead us into blessing so that we can experience blessing, that we can experience peace, that we can experience truth and, and strength, that we can experience the unshakable life so that in turn that we can be that blessing in the world. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.